Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified in instructor and resiliency expert, helping people to think, speak, and act positively through the many and varied challenges of life. You can find out more about me in this interview at my website, which is Tom, the number two, and tall, T-A-L-L dot com. I am very excited about my guest today. I have recommended his book to many people. I've used it in training, and I still refer to it uh, every few months to make sure I'm up to date on the newest tactics and strategies. Our guest today is Tony Paranello. He, in 1995, Tony started a revolution. He created his own brand of sales training called Selling to Vito, the very important top officer. Today, the majority of Fortune 100 and over 2.5 million salespeople in more than 30 countries create bigger deals in less time using Tony's programs. He personally coaches sales and marketing professionals and entrepreneurs all over the world, from distributors in Europe to manufacturers on the islands of Malta to service organizations in Australia. He's a Wall Street Journal best-selling author and creator of Selling Across America, the first and only internet talk show dedicated to salespeople and the art of selling. He was also the first voice of Entrepreneur Magazine and hosted the Entrepreneur Sales and Marketing Show listened to by more than 20,000 business people every month. Tony has written eight powerful, practical, and tactical books on the topic of selling, including Selling DeVito, Getting DeVito, Stop Cold Calling Forever, Getting the Second Appointment, Think and Sell Like a CEO, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Dynamic Selling, and is massively popular, of course, the first one I mentioned, Selling to Vito, which has been on numerous best-selling lists, including mine, since 1995. Welcome to the show today, Tony. Well, thanks, Tom. I, I'm excited about listening to me after that intro. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me give you some background why I use this book. I was business development manager for a management consultant and had a team of 10 inside salespeople booking appointments for our partner and our our sales uh, vice president of sales. And in management consulting, especially in our company, imagine most companies, our averaging engagement project uh, was $750,000 to $800,000 paid nice. to Carpedia. And so, and so the, mostly the only person who can make that decision is a president, no matter how fancy a title someone has. And I'm sure their par- parents are proud of their title and tell all their friends about it. In the end, we used to call them bucket cleaners because in the end, the president makes that decision. And the yeah, metrics that, that we... The metrics we had were booked meetings with presidents, at least 70% of them. And so your information proved enormously valuable. We used your strategies and tips, and we reached some amazing presidents and CEOs. And so thank you so much. I have put it into practice, and I love that, that first book, Selling to Vito. Yeah, well, thank you for those kind words, Tom. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. The secret is you put it into practice. You know, you, you, you read 
the book, you understood what you read, you put it into practice, and you tweaked it along the way, no doubt, to get the success that you got. So hats off to you, my friend. Good for you, and thank you. I certainly did, and one of the things that I love the most, it was more of an approach or a mindset where you talked about peer-to-peer. Consider yourself, if you're calling a president, think of yourself as a president. Think of yourself on the same level. How do they talk? How do they think? And that really, really, really helps. So let's start off. Who is this person you call Vito, and is it necessary not I guess not every salesperson needs to reach veto depending what you're selling but it certainly is important when you do need to reach veto to to get through to him and it's even more difficult in this day and age yeah amen to all of that stuff and you know you've already given one of the titles you know a president a CEO an owner of an organization or other privileged C-suite titles. Those folks I call vetoes, the very important top officer, typically the person with the ultimate veto power over everything that takes place in the organization, including what we're trying to sell to the company. And actually, uh, Tom and everyone else, it really doesn't matter what you are selling. What matters is what it does for the organization. I mean, it could be something as simple as a cleaning solution or as complicated as some high-tech innovation that can change the product, services, and solutions that they sell to their end user or end market. So it's a wide array of product, services, and solutions. I want you to think about what it does versus what it is. And when you look at what it is, all you have to do to figure out, gee, is this a veto sale or not? Should I be calling on the president? Just, just picture this, and this is kind of a, a fun little exercise. Now picture your very best customer, right, using whatever it is you sold them. I don't care what it is. But at the stroke of midnight tonight, it, it does a weird and strange and mysterious disappearing act. In other words, tomorrow morning when everybody shows up to work, they don't have it. What happens to that company's ability to make money, what happens to that company's ability to save money, what happens to that company's ability to be compliant, or what happens to that company's uh, ability to, to run more effectively and efficiently with regards to making money and doing whatever it is they do. So once you look at it that way, if you see a negative impact in any one of those areas, guess what? you've got a veto sale on your hands because what you sell, what it does, is critical to Vito's company's success. Nice. I love it. And now let's talk about some of the traits Vito have because they think and they speak and they act differently than any other level of executive or anyone else in the in the company, and so what are some of the specific traits that vetoes have that perhaps other executives don't necessarily have? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. If you just stop and think and, and just picture a veto sitting in their office, picture it for a moment. Uh, if you're not driving a car or flying an airplane or <laughs> operating anything that's painted yellow like an earth mover, just close your eyes for a moment and think about the president, CEO, or owner of a company, he or she, um, it, first of all, they generally have very large and healthy egos, right? And mm. they're very brief, they're direct, and very to the point. Um, and they're very competitive. 
They love to win and hate to lose. And they're very creative. They love new ideas. And they're risk takers. They'll look at the upside and the downside of an opportunity and make a calculatable risk. They're not afraid to make a decision. And they have the ultimate the ultimate amounts of influence, which means they could change the minds of anybody in their organization, and they have the ultimate level of authority, which means they could do just about anything they want to do, no matter how much it, it costs. So there, if you look at that, you say, okay, well, if those are the traits of a veto, how many do I share as a salesperson of those traits? Well, if you look mm -hmm. at it, Big ego, power, control, and authority is pretty important to salespeople. They're brief, directed to the point. They're competitive. You know, they love to win and hate to lose. And, and so we share many of the same traits that Vito's have. So that's, that's mm. a light bulb moment right there. Yes, and, and one would think if you're a Vito that pretty well your only concern is revenue, costs, and profit. But what are some of the other results that vetoes look for? Because uh, uh, obviously they're more than they have more on their mind than solely those three things. Well, yeah, they do, and it changes. Uh, you know, you mentioned the technology and stuff. It changes with the market. It changes with the time of year. It changes with the economy. But when you stop and think about it, I mean, if veto uh, can find something today that they don't already have that could make anything or everything or anyone or everyone in their organization more effective and efficient, you will earn a spot on the, in their calendar for the day. I mean, they're sitting in their office wanting an idea that they haven't yet thought of themselves or their team hasn't yet thought of or a new spin on something or being what I call an early adopter, giving Vito the opportunity to have something that no one else in their industry has. So this is what I love about sales. I mean, if you, if you have a product, service, or solution that's not being used by anybody yet, oh, and, and, and you predict or suspect that it could increase any one of the areas that Vito's interested in, we've already mentioned several of them, you will earn a spot on their day because they, they are early adopters. They want to be on the bleeding and bleeding edge. They want to have something that no one else has. Nice, for sure, for sure. Now, anyone who's tried to reach Vito knows that the executive assistant is the can be the biggest challenge can be your biggest help i learned a few strategies that uh, i taught my people is ask the receptionist for the executive assistance extension number they never screen you for that they're always going to give her extension rather or their extension rather than of course they'll never give the president's but they'll always give theirs and then once you know their extension number dial one up or one down two up two down three up three down eventually you're going to find the president's uh, extension number and then another one I would use that caught me off guard but it happened numerous times is that if they they would tell you that they're out of town they're not available they're out at a meeting would you like his voicemail and at least three occasions I always said yes give me the voicemail even if I was going to hang up on three occasions the guy picked up the phone 
And of course, you've just been told that he's in Tuktayuktuk or some other place, and you're expecting just to get his voicemail. And they pick up the phone, and it's like, oh my gosh. So I taught people, like, if you're offered voicemail, always take it, because you never know. That guy could be sitting right there, and you're just being fed a line by the gatekeeper. So what are some other tips or ideas for salespeople when they run into the gatekeeper? Because they are good people, and they can help you, but they can also be somewhat of a challenge. Yeah, yeah you know, here's the thing. When, when you pick up the phone and, and you call at the executive level, whoever picks up the phone is the executive. Even if it's the gatekeeper, the personal assistant, forget the president exists and just speak to their personal assistant as if they were the president. In other words, whatever I would say to Ms. Importanta, the president of the company, I'm going to say to the executive assistant of Ms. Importanta, because if it would make sense to Ms. Importanta, it's going to make sense to their personal assistant. So I'm never going to say something really stupid like, well, is Ms. Importanta in? Because, Tom, to your point, even if they're standing right next to the assistant, the assistant's going to say, no, they're not in. And so forget all of that stuff. Just speak to the assistant as if they were the president. Whatever you were going to say, and I teach people specifically what to say to the president, just say the same thing to the personal assistant. And guess what? If you make sense to them, they will get you in. If you treat them like they work for you by asking them if the executive's in or if they take a message or any of that stupid stuff we tend to do, they're going to keep you out because they don't work for you. They work for Vito. I love it. And 98% of salespeople are going to be questioning questioning them, probing them, trying to get around them, trying to fool them in some way. Just the wrong way to approach them, isn't it? It it certainly is. You know, and it wasn't that great of an idea when we were all taught it 25 years ago, and it's really not a good idea today. You know, it just isn't. And so just forget the veto exists and just lay out your value proposition to the personal assistant and get this, ask them what they think. This, just here again, every question you would ask the president, you ask the personal assistant, and something magical happens. You know, I call these personal assistants Tommies. You know, they're Tommy. That's their name. It's just a good generic gender, uh, generic name. And so now, if I treat Tommy like Vito, I would ask Tommy a question, and what's going to happen, as soon as you ask Tommy what they think, or as soon as you ask Tommy what they think the next best step would be, they're going to tell you what Vito would expect the next best step to be. So you ask in Tommy, you receive in Vito. It's a perfect way to move the ball down the court without getting into this silly, you know, uh, uh, asking questions that you know you're not going to get an answer to just for the sake of asking it. Right, exactly. And consider that a lot of high up vetoes, well, they're all high up if you're a veto, but many vetoes have brought their executive assistants with them from other positions, other companies. They've worked with them for, like, think of Zig Ziglar and his assistant, Lori Majors. Lori is still there. She's outlived Zig Ziglar, but she was his assistant since I think it was like six years old, feels like. And so when you have that close a relationship over that many years, 
the gatekeeper really does know how they think, what their pain is, how they would proceed. And so trying to get around them or ignore them, it's not productive. It's, it, not only is it not productive, but it's downright stupid. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> now, two things I remember from your book, two th- important things I remember from the book is that emails and voicemails, yeah. got to have a number of each of them, yeah. and they got to be different than just leaving a voicemail for, like you're leaving a voicemail from your mother, for your mother. It's not the same. So talk about emails and voicemails and how they need to be different to reach Vito than anyone else in the company? Yeah, good good question because we deal with it every single day, you know. And, <sighs> and so here's the thing. First of all, if, if you leave, I shouldn't say if, when you leave a voicemail message, a really good voicemail message, if you don't get a call back right away, don't get your feelings hurt. Don't take it personal because it's not about you at all. Vitos are busy. They may have taken your, your voicemail and or email and forwarded it to one of their direct reports, and the direct reports are busy. And if you leave just one voicemail message, you can't stop there. You have to leave a series of voicemail messages, and none of them can be the same. And when you leave a voicemail message, you must take the action and suggest a callback time or suggest a time that you are going to reach back out to Vito. So let me give you an example of this, okay? So let's just say you get dumped into voicemail. Now, here's, here's what's critically important about any messaging you leave for Vito, whether it's on voicemail, whether it's email, whether it's smoke signals from a distant mountaintop, whether you pick <laughs> it out of a low-flying aircraft in their parking lot, or you're meeting with them in person. It doesn't matter. Everything you say to Vito or write to Vito has to be totally void of what I call F-words, facts, features, and functions that are unfamiliar to Vito. In other words, all the technobabble, jargon, acronyms, nonsensical industry buzzwords that we think everybody understands, well, guess what? They're dead giveaways to Vito that they, Vito, don't need to be talking to you or returning your call because Vito has others on their, you know, in their company that can handle that kind of stuff. So you, you have to first strip out every F-bomb of everything you've ever written or everything you've ever said. Now, gee, Tony, what does that leave me with? My God, what do I do now? Well, now you have to put together a message that introduces one or more areas that you either know through your research or suspect that you can possibly do for this veto. What they want to move towards, now let's just just make believe here for a moment, let's just make believe that the veto you're wanting to reach out to wants to move towards higher margins or move towards greater new business revenue. That's like almost no-brainers, but let's just imagine that they want to do that. Do you have any idea any social proof, or do you suspect that anything you sell could help Vito make more money? Because if you do, you're, you're, you're halfway there. Now you have to balance that by introducing something you either can prove or suspect that you can help Vito avoid. Now, this should start to sound familiar to anyone who has either read one of my books or anyone who has read anything about human behavior, because there's two motivators in the world, two, either it's often called 
the carrot, moving towards a desirable result or outcome, or the stick, avoiding something you flat out don't want to have happen. So every message we write or say to veto, no matter how we write it or say it, needs to have these components. No F-bombs whatsoever spoken in a language that veto can easily understand and address one or more areas that they want to move towards while addressing one or more areas they want to move away from. Now, having said that, once you got that, and I could help you do that in a number of different ways, but once, once you got that, your voicemail message, the first voicemail message can sound something like this. You know, you get into Vito's voicemail and you could say, Mr. Benefito, if you were in your office to take my call, we could have had a chat about. And now you lay out your suspicion or your prediction or your whatever social proof you have about how Vito, you know, you could help their company move towards something that Vito wants to move towards while at the same time moving away from something Vito wants to move away from. Then you could end your, your voicemail message by saying something like, you know, this, this topic could be important to both of us. That's why you'll be hearing from me again tomorrow at 10 a.m. or whatever. And if you don't want to wait that long, here's my name and number. You can give me a call back. Nice. And the emails have to be distinctly different as well. I remember, I remember you uh, insist uh, that there is a quote the top of the email of some sort. And isn't social it? proof helps, man. Yeah, you're exactly right. If you've helped uh, someone else in Vito's industry, you don't have to mention the name, but you can, because, you know, I never, never want to name drop because Vito might be irritated by that. They may have just lost a big deal to one of their competitors. But if you've got some social proof in an industry, you always use a relative ranking social proof. For example, let's say I'm, you know, selling to banks, I don't know, uh, or, or, or accounting firms. And, and so my social proof could, could sound, I mean, if I have other customers, you know, maybe I, I'm serving two of the top 250 uh, law firms or three of the top 1,000 accounting firms or five of the 10 top banks in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, use a relative ranking social proof name drop, and, and that's very helpful in, in, in Vito circles. Now, that's not very helpful for others in Vito's organization. As Vito's have a strong external frame of reference. They'd like to know what else is going on in the world. The lower you go in an organization, the more internally driven people are. I don't care what those people are doing. I've got to sweat through the day here. And so keep some of these basic human uh, behavioral traits in mind when you're approaching a, a top officer. Yeah. And so All right, I like that. a long way. Yeah, sure. Thank you. External focus versus internal focus, and you're right. So everyone underneath Vito is like, I got my own boss and my own problems. Right. Vito has more of an external outlook. What's my competition doing? What's yeah. happening in the industry? What might I be missing out on? Yeah. Those kind of things. Yes, and also, Tom, it amazes me. I, I actually... It, it disturbs me how many salespeople who like sell outsourcing services, you know, are calling the person who's in charge of the department that they want to outsource, you know, that they want to get. <laughs> well, that, that'll go a long way in your sales cycle. Yeah, send information right. and I'll take a look at it. You're right. <laughs> right, it'll go in my round file right, here. Immediately. I'll shred it in the round file. Yeah. <laughs> what a dumb approach. <laughs> <laughs> And now, Tony, like, okay, we'll get to this once you get the veto on the phone. I remember I had a guy 
big guy. He could be a wrestler. He could be a football player. A big guy. When he would get off the phone with a veto, his armpits would be sweating. His heart rate would go up. He'd have to go splash water on his face and take a two- or three-minute break. It can be uh, nerve-wracking and scary for people to talk to a veto. So now you've made X number of calls and voicemails and emails, and Vito picks up the phone. Uh, what do you say? You can't. You don't ask them how their day is. You don't do any of that. Talk to us about the guy picks up the phone. Vito picks up the phone. What am I gonna say? Yeah, I'll tell you what not to do is something I did just a few years ago, and I and I wrote about this in in my most recent edition of Selling to Vito, the third edition. This this I, every story I tell is true, and this just really brings it home for me. I. I still make uh, my calls. I still send my veto letters. I still make my calls. I'm still in the game. I do this uh, every, every month for my own business. And so a few years ago, I, I had sent a letter, typically a veto letter that I teach people how to write, but I, I sent it to the president of one of the top three computer companies in the world. And I said I was going to call it a specific date, 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 and time, and I did, and that specific date, date, and time, uh, the president picked up the phone unprotected, unprotected, the president of the th- one of the three largest computer companies in the world picks up his own phone unprotected. I was so surprised. I said, wow, what a surprise to get you live. I expected to get your private assistant. And Lou says to me, hold on, I'll get her for you. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I write books about this. I teach millions of people how to do this, and I still blew it. And I was just, like, shell-shocked when his assistant came on the phone and she said, I hear you looking for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, man, it it is, you mentioned it before, it's a little nerve-wracking. I don't know about getting all sweaty and have to splash water on your face. That's a little extreme. But, you know, being a little nervous is good. It's good. It gets our heart rate up. That's good. More oxygen being pumped. Don't forget to breathe. It's important to breathe. But don't say something stupid like, is this a good time? Or um, the purpose of my call is, or something stupid like I said, gee, I expected to get your private assistant. Certainly those are not anything you want to say. Here's what you want to do. You want to get into the conversation as quickly as possible and get the heck out of it as quickly as possible. You want to say something that will snag the interest of Vito so they say, hmm, tell me more. There's only one way to get a Vito to say, tell me more, and that is to present either something you can prove or something you suspect that they are interested in using words and phrases that they are familiar with, period. Now, we've touched on a few of them before. Here, if you picture your best customer without, and if you haven't listened to this from the, from the get-go, then you've got to rewind the program and listen to the beginning, because the, the, it, if you can go through that little exercise we did right at the top of the hour when it said, look, hey, Picture your stuff disappearing that you sold your best customer. What are they not going to be able to do when they come in the next day? If you could then present that scenario in, in a compelling way to veto by asking them if they're interested in a new idea that perhaps they themselves haven't thought of on how to increase this or decrease that, that's a great way to break preoccupation because vetoes are they're doing stuff. 
when they pick up their phone, you don't want to say, is this a good time? Well, geez, if it wasn't a good time, I wouldn't have picked up the phone. So you don't say that. You jump right into your value proposition. Three of the top ten banks in the Pacific Northwest trust us to help them increase revenues while at this, by as much as four percentage points a year, while at the same time reducing a top ten expense by as much as 30% a year. Is this something Ooh. that you would like to discuss, discuss further? Or who on your team would you like for me to discuss this with by the end of this business day? Done. Nice. I'm done. Now, Beatles can either say, who the hell is this, which is great. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I forgot to tell you. Right. Or tell me it's more. not important to the guy. This economy? How, are you, how are you pulling that off? Right. And so many people start with, my name is, and yeah, I'm from, and are, the guy doesn't right? care. No, here's the deal. They, they will only care who you are when they understand what you can do. The worst thing you can do, and let me tell you something, the bigger your company is, the worse this is. You show up on anybody Vito's doorstep and say, hi, this is Will Parrish with IBM. They're going to say, you know what, i got so many computers around here, I don't need any more. Slam. Hi, this is Will Parrish with AT&T. Yeah, I got so much telecom. Get out of here. I don't want to. Just by saying your company's name causes prejudgment as to what you have to offer. So stop it. Right. Don't do it. There's no value. And you answered another you answered another thing that I used to debate and people at work for me, we used to debate it. Uh, I used to think that it was a good idea to ask, did I catch you in a meeting or with people in your office? But it's just, it's like giving them on a platter the excuse they can use to get away from you. Well, you know what else it does? It makes you sound like every other behind quota salesperson that is trying to make a call to someone who can give them business. And so stop it. And you know what the disappointing thing here is, Tom, is that we do it, it doesn't work, but we continue to do it. Right. Ah. Stop it. Right, let them tell you if they're in a meeting or yeah. whatever, but don't bring it up. Yes, Why bring it thing. up? And here's what happens. So let's say Vito picks up the phone, and I launch right into my opening statement. And Vito says, hold it, hold it, I don't have time for this. I'm getting ready to run, I'm getting ready to, run to a board meeting. I don't have time for this. You can say, good, go to your board meeting. When we finally catch up, let's make sure we talk about it. And now you tell them what you were going to tell them before they told you they were running to a board meeting. Done. Nice. nice. Because Done. you become veto. You become veto. When you pick up, the, we talked this, uh, about this a little bit before, you know, the mindset of picking up the phone. Hey, let me tell you something. You need, I shouldn't say that. I invite you to have what I call equal business stature with a veto. Equal business stature. Not equal business title. Equal business stature. Stature. Look it up in the dictionary. Don't bother. I'll help you out here. It, stature means having intellect. Intellect means having an understanding. Having an equal business understanding of some, not all, just some of this veto's problems and be able to articulate an idea and help them solving them. Done. That's it. You have equal business stature. And now you become Vito. What, right. what do you think a Vito sounds like when they call another Vito? You think they're going to say, hey, right. is this you, a good time? <laughs> <Come on. laughs> yeah. Hey, Bob, I'm president of ABC Company, right. and I was wondering if I caught you at a good time. Yeah. Oh, I was uh, wondering. That's another one. Here, 
Take that one out. Take, matter of fact, take the word I out of your vocabulary whenever you're talking. Right. You know, they don't care about you. I want, I know, I think, I care, I was. Forget it. Forget it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, if you, can't, you know, if you can't have fun with this, why bother doing it? That's what I say. Exactly, exactly. One thing I learned as well, or I discovered that even if a veto tells you to piss off, hangs up on you, tells you to go away. If you call them back in two months, maybe three months, I've booked meetings with guys who previously told me in numerous different ways to piss off and go away, and three months later I catch them in a better frame of mind, maybe a different circumstance, situation, and I've booked meetings with them. So don't get enormously totally discouraged when a guy hangs up on you and tells you to piss off you can still call him back and try him a he won't remember you and b you might book a meeting with him another time just don't do it the next day yeah Yeah, you know you know there's uh there's plenty of opportunity for all of us we don't have to do business with everybody we call to bust our quota you know we, we really don't we probably couldn't handle you know, all the yeses, you know, so don't worry about it. Don't take it personal and move on. You know, I, I like to look at it this way. If someone hangs up on me, you know, screw them. I don't want them as a customer. They probably irritate me and really bother me after they're a customer. So if they're that rude, who needs it? I don't. And very few, right. I'll tell you what, very few vetoes are rude. Now, they're very brief. They're direct and they're to the point. But they didn't get to, to run a company, to own a company, a successful company, by being rude. They're not rude people. They're brief, they're direct, and they're to the point, but that doesn't mean they're rude. So expect it. Does. I expect the leader to say to me, come on, what do you got? Hit me with your best shot. What are you selling today? What do you want from me? Right. Go. Right. I'll give you five seconds. Go. And if it's, uh, bah, 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 we got the great cloud uh, software. Bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah, and you're so right. So many of them that I spoke with and finally reached, they are genuinely nice, good, kind people. You usually don't get to that position if you're a total jerk. And so, yes, usually they are. Sometimes you catch them in a bad day, but generally they are very good, nice people. When you get to them, they're just not going to be wanting to talk about the latest hockey game or ball game or whatever else gibberish you might want to talk to them about. And so now now you... That brings up an interesting thought here about icebreakers. You know, icebreakers are for ships, not salespeople. Stop it. That's another, you know, you walk into someone's office and you go, oh, nice golf club, but go play the golf club. You can't play golf? Stop it. <laughs> no, I use it to beat up salespeople. Yeah, when you're walking out the door, here's what you do. At the end of your meeting, if you saw something in the office that's memorable, maybe it's a gold-plated golf club, I don't know. Don't mention it when you go into the office. Get down to business. You, you end the meeting ahead of time, of course, because you give the greatest gift of time to Vito. You end it in eight minutes. You're going out the door. You stop. You turn. You look at the golf club, and you say, you know what? The next time we get together, you've got to tell me the story about that gold-plated golf club. That's all you got to say. And you know what Vito's going to say? Why wait till then? Let me tell you about it now. And arm in arm, you're going to walk out the door, and Vito's going to tell you about how he made a hole-in-one and blah, 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 and he got a gold goodie golf club. And you're going to end your first meeting with a Vito on a high personal note. You don't start it on a personal note. You end it on a high personal note. So forget the icebreakers. They're for ships. Wow. I had not even thought of it that yeah, way, that but one. you're right. Yeah, 
of course. I love it. I hadn't even thought of it. Probably I do the same. Start off with, wow, that's a cool picture of you and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Get business done first and then comment on on the cool picture with whoever. Yeah. Oh, man, okay. I'm Nick. I'm taking notes here. I'm learning stuff, too. So a couple of things else. What's the best way to follow up with a veto? So you did get him. He was running off to that board meeting. How are you going to follow up with him, catch him again, and get his attention? Yeah, perfect, 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 perfect. So, you know, you're, you're on the phone for a few minutes, and Vito says, send me some information before we take our next step. Great. You want to listen to it, watch it, or read it? You've got to – let me tell you something. You've got to have information that addresses the three uh, learning modalities that, that we have preferences in. Either we, we read, either we listen, or we watch auditory, uh, visual, kinesthetic. That's it. There's only three learning modalities. So if Vito says you send me some information and you don't ask them what they prefer and you send them something to read and they're auditory, they ain't going to read it. They're not going to get it. So you have to have information that is either text, audio, or visual. That's it. Now, so you ask Vito, do you want, oh, I've I got to listen to it because I do a lot of traveling. Okay. So now I'll, let's do this. Before I say, oh, great, I'll send it to you. Bye. Click. Okay. I will send it to you by close of business today. When do you think you're going to have a chance to open it, listen to it, and be willing to talk about it? And Vito says, well, you know, I'm going on a, a whirlwind tour of the West Coast facilities. That's going to take me three weeks. And then I come back, and I'm going on a golf vacation and then a ski vacation after that. So call me the third week in March. Well, now you know that you're not going to be, because if you didn't ask that, you'd be sending not only the wrong information, but you'd be calling and they wouldn't be there, and then you'd leave a bunch of voicemail messages and feel rejected and feel miserable about yourself. So stop all of that. Send what And be taking the guy off. Yeah, stupid. So send either something that they, whatever their preference is. Here again, you know, Reading, listening, or watching, you've got to have all three of those learning modalities covered, and then ask them when they're going to get You're going to send it by such and such a date. When are you going to open it? When are you going to uh, have time to listen to it or read it or watch it? And when do you want to have the next conversation? Done. Now you've got this next, next appointment booked. Wow. And so many salespeople don't have the balls to ask that, those final questions. They're just like, okay, great. I'll email it to you right away. Yeah, look what I did. Now I'm going to forecast. Now, now comes the science fiction writing on my sales forecast. Oh, our forecast is at 75 percent. That's for information. Oh God. What about if you added? Uh, do, what about if you added? Do you mind if I copy your assistant in on it? Well, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You just do it without asking it because it's it's, oh. it's just going to help you out. And so you know, it's a, it's pretty common you know, to, to just go ahead and do and not ask. That's like if Vito says, well, you know, I want you to go work with my vice president of sales. She's, she's spearheading this effort. Well, would you like me to keep you informed as to what? No, just work with, with her. Why ask? Just do. And then you become part of Vito's inner circle. Nice, nice. I hadn't uh, thought of that. Just do it. You Don't ask. And, when you stop and think about this, if, if you really, I mean, there, this is not rocket science. If it was, I never would have been able to reach mastery at it. Right. This so now another, another cool question. So uh, when uh, me and my team would reach the president, oftentimes he'd 
try to refer us down, and we knew we had to meet with him eventually, so we would uh, uh, always try and talk him out of referring down. But what if you can be referred down? He refers you to someone else. What is what's the best way to ask him for a referral? Or if there's someone else, does, do you ask him for a referral of someone down in his organization or someone else in another company that you may be able to work with? Well, you know, this this is really very important. And, and referrals, as we all know, I mean, referral selling is very powerful. There's numbers that say, you know, if you're referred to someone, they're 60% more likely to do business with you or engage with you. Those are pretty impressive numbers. So, yeah, right. referrals are important. And, and the deal is... There's internal referrals and there's external referrals. An external referral you're going to have to work for. You're going to have to produce some results for Evito to invite you to their, their inner circle of friends and, and peers in the, in the industry. So don't ask for a referral external to Vito's company until you've really done something magnificent for Vito, first of all. Now, an internal referral or a shunt or something like that, you know, Vito's know who to send you to. But if they're confused or doubtful as to who to send you to, you better do your homework and you better know that for what you sell, the best person, other person other than Vito to talk with would be their VP of marketing, let's say. You should know that person's name and title in Vito's organization. That's easy to find out. So when you're talking to Vito, if they say, well, you know, I really don't know at this point in time who to send you to. Well, how about uh, Jane uh, Jones, your, your VP of mar- marketing? Because typically that's, that's who we wind up dealing with after a short conversation with the president of a company. Oh, that's a great idea. Let's go with that. So know the company a little bit. Know who's who. It's not that hard to find out. Yeah, exactly. It's not in this day and age. If you can't find it out, you're silly. It's pretty well, easy to that, find out. The companies things. hiding their executives and and not wanting them to be out in the public's eye. I don't know if I want them as a customer either. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So uh, yeah, so you when you can accept a referral down. Uh, correct. Have the proper know the proper title and person and their name. Yeah. And uh, make it a lot easier for Vito. He's he's busy. He's getting on to the next call or the next thing he needs to do. Make it easy for him. Tell it yeah, who, tell say, him who it is. Yeah, don't say something like, well, you know, who handles your telecom expenses? <sighs> That's a buyer, a purchasing agent. You don't want to do that. Right, right, right. I call, Lame. You know, there's a there's a place called Linoleumville that I talk about. And, I mean, if you're on a sales call and you're sitting on a chair or standing on the floor and you look down and there's linoleum down there, you're not with Vito. You're, you're not with anybody who can make a decision about anything. Right, right, exactly. And so make it easy for them to ask for a referral. Now, when you ask for, uh, well, how about Bob Smith, uh, VP of Marketing, do you suggest anything after that? Can you email them? Can I just use your name? What do you follow up that with once you know, well, once you suggest the name and the title? You know, you, you, at this point, because you don't know the politics of the company, you can say something like, uh, well, Vito says, yeah, why don't you, you go ahead and call the VP of marketing. You could say something like real simply, well, what, what do you think the best way for me to approach that person would be? And, and throw that, then, and Vito might say, well, let me make the introduction. Then you'll know that there's pretty tight relationship there. Vito says, well, you know, just, just go ahead and call. Then, you know, just ask what the best, what, what do you think the best way is for me to, to get uh, Jane's attention? Uh, mention my name. Fine, I'll do that. Have a great day. Bye. I like hanging up 
I like ending the conversation before Vito does. That's always very rewarding. <laughs> that takes some guts, but it is makes sense. You're on a veto. You're on the same level as the I'm guy. Same level. Got to run. I, I got another call coming in here. Have a great day. Right. You can imagine a face on a veto, maybe, and a guy just leaves him hanging there. Yeah, they say, I like this person. Oh, oh this person makes sense. This person sounds yeah, like me. Yeah, yeah. I got things to do. He too. didn't. Yeah, he didn't yammer on. He yeah. does just like me. He let someone go and and just hung up. Yeah. Didn't yammer you know, on and keep asking. Yeah, don't be asking stupid questions that that you know the answer to, you know, or or you can figure it out for yourself. You know, these are busy right. people. Uh, yeah, you don't you don't need his help. Give them the gift of time and the conversation in a very in a very professional and timely manner. Yeah, if you book a five minute appointment with a veto or ten minute, end it in eight or seven. End it. Done. Or ask for permission, you know, would you like to leave early today or you want to carry this on a little bit further? Yeah, let's go a little bit further. Fine. Nice, nice. I like it. Uh, we, uh, My mistake, we haven't given Peter, people the website yet. Silly of me. VitoSelling.com, V-I-T-O, for people who aren't familiar with the word Vito. VitoSelling.com. And, of course, my favorite, Selling to Vito, that was just the start of it. You got a number of other great books I noticed as well. Yeah, thank you about that. Thank you for that, and thank you for giving the website. Yeah, just uh, go to the website and check us out. we got all sorts of cool stuff going on. Club Vito, that looks very cool. Sales training. So, yeah, VitoSelling.com. And if you're in sales of any kind... Go buy the book Selling to Vito. It'll change your mindset. It'll change your approach. It'll change your thinking. And it'll change mostly your results. So go get that book, and then that'll just start you on the love affair with Tony. And you'll probably go and snag up all his other books as well. Uh, Think and Sell Like a CEO sounds like an amazing one. So that will be the next one I get. Or you can send it to me and uh, sign it for me. You know, I'll do that. You don't have a copy of that? I'll send you the hardcover uh, copy. That was a Wall Street Journal bestseller. That's a great little book. I interviewed about 110 vetoes to write that book. So, yeah, I will send that to you. Nice. So, Vito Selling, thank you so much, uh, Tony. As I mentioned at the start, I am a big fan of your work, and it really really works. I've used it uh, in my LinkedIn profile. You can see... brag that I've made over 200,000 cold calls and reached over 5,000 presidents and C-level executives, and it's almost all because of what I learned uh, from your book. And so I've tested it. I've had other people that work for me test it, and it does work. It takes some change in thinking and attitude and behavior, but if you use it, you will be thinking like a CEO, talking like a CEO, and booking meetings with a CEO. Well, Tom, thank you very much for those kind words, and and thanks for having me on your show, and thanks for being who you are and what you do. It's magnificent. I appreciate it. And thanks for listening. Thanks so much. Take care, Tony. Thank you. I will. Bye-bye.